biting your nails is good. Okay. Because uh, according to science, nail biting exposes according your body. To science. The germs that live on your fingernails can potentially strengthen your immune system. Not the germs under my fingernails, people. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm, I don't I'm touching things in New York all day long. I don't want to really nibble on the A train. <laughs> Detritus. <laughs> Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. <laughs> I want to kick off with Musk You. Musk You Really. Musk You Really. And Elon to, Musk. Yeah, this is a segment we report on billionaire playboy DJ... DJ. I just added that on. Okay. Elon Musk. I just, it kills me every time you say billionaire playboy. He is so, I was, when I was doing research for this segment, I just pulled up some images of him. He looks crazy. He is thrilled all the time. Like, there are no pictures of him where he doesn't look like he's at 12. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and I mean crazy, like, in a, like mm-hmm. excitable, like, yeah. Elon yeah. Musk, you'll never, I'd like to see a picture where he's just like, yeesh. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, when they catch so him, depressed. like right before he walks on stage, he's like, Ugh. yeah, he's like scratching his ass a little bit, like, uh. Then sighs. Yeah. Comes out. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. I'm Elon Musk, billionaire playboy DJ. <laughs> All right. So this uh, this week on Musk You, Musk You Really. Musk you really. There is a new Musk in town, apparently. Mate Rimac dismisses Elon Musk comparison, praises what Tesla creator is, quote-unquote, doing for humanity. So there's a gentleman out there um, called Mate Rimac, Mm -hmm. and he is the CEO of an electric company called Grape, spelled G-R-E-Y-P. And he is also the creator of some of the world's fastest accelerating electric cars. Uh, And he is from... Where is he from? I want to say he's from Croatia. Uh, but they're calling him the next the next Elon Musk, and he doesn't like it. Elon Musk is around our age, right? So he's between, mm-hmm. he's like in his 40s, I yeah, think. Yeah. This guy's 31. How is he the next, next Elon Musk? He's already basically Elon Musk uh, as it is. Yeah, because Elon Musk was himself <laughs> yes, at 31. at 31. Yeah. So anyway, he is... Um, he doesn't like to be compared to the famous Tesla co-founder, despite respecting the billionaire entrepreneur. Um, he's shaking up his own quarter of the industry by manufacturing headline-grabbing hypercars while also creating future, futuristic battery technology for other companies. Much like Elon, this dude is trying to make a sedan. I don't know what the... They can't help themselves. They have to keep making a sedan. Yeah. So this, so Tesla's cars are around like fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. This guy's cars, the uh, Remax cars, are produced at a very low volume. Each car costs about a million dollars. Come on, <laughs> come on! I, I can't even. For comparison, Musk's. Tesla is showing the masses that electric power is viable. We've known this. I feel like we have known electric power is viable as an alternative to uh, petroleum and diesel for our entire lives. Yeah. Haven't we been hearing about this our entire lives? We have. Cars that run on all different kinds of oil, cars that run on water, cars that run on electricity, yeah, different kinds of engines. The point is, is that the people who are di- pulling petroleum up out of the ground don't want these things out there. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. That's, That's a, all. Yeah. 
And in countries where they don't have oil, where, where what is the, the reason for them to cleave to this kind of, I don't know, in any case. So they're calling uh, Remick the musk of Europe. <laughs> musk. Which I think, may, I think we came up with that idea the for musk a fragrance and yeah. we should sue. Yeah, it, ours was musk after dark. Musk or, after dark. But the musk of Europe? The musk of Europe. But in recent in recent years, his this nickname Musk of Europe just keeps popping up, right? And then in an interview with Newsweek, he revealed why he's not fond of the title. So Elon Musk is so powerful that someone who is compared to Elon Musk has to spend all of his time not talking about himself or what he does, but talking about guess what? Elon Musk. <laughs> so even in an interview that's not about Musk, it's about Musk. Yeah. Because you Musk. Musk, you, you really? Can, yes. And the answer is, again, yeah. He says, I res- I really respect Elon. I don't like it when people say, I am the Musk of Europe or whatever. I have never met the guy, but I have huge respect for him. I think people don't appreciate what he's doing for humanity. I don't know. <laughs> I, th- I think sending reusable rockets into space, wanting to conquer Mars and so on, is what inspires generations. Mm-hmm. First of all, you're not conquering dick. It is a, it is a, really? Why do you have to conquer anything? Why are anything? you conquering Mars, though? It's like, I'm going to conquer this plant. You see that, you see that flower over that there, Katie? Talk- I'll be right back. Yeah, I'm going to conquer it. I'm, like, it's the, it's the whole thing, that kind of terminology of, we crushed it, we killed it. No, you didn't do anything. You, didn't you, do anything. you saw it, and you're still, still trying to get to it. And when you get there, the thing that's going to be conquered probably is you. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like Mars is going to win out on this one, the planet. Yeah, if it's Mars versus you, yes, and my let, money's on Mars. Let me be clear in saying I think planets are more powerful than people. Yeah. Um, so this guy continues, It is what inspired people 40 or 50 years ago when we went to the moon, and nothing like that has been going on for years. I'm still struggling to get equal pay. I put that in there myself. Yeah. yeah Work exactly. on that. Or, yeah, just a decent... Um, Reproductive health care. Yeah. And it said, and he's not doing that with someone else's money. It's not the government. It's a private enterprise. It's everybody else's money. Where do you think he got that money from? Yeah. Me, you, PayPal, whatever. Um, so, the, oh, the guy's from Croatia. The Croatian investor stressed his company operates on a totally different scale, obviously. For example, its first car, the Concept One, they made eight of them. They cost $2.1 million. Mm-hmm. So they have made fewer. Somehow they've made fewer sedans than Tesla, which is amazing. Because mm-hmm. Tesla doesn't make that many yeah, sedans. Yeah, yeah. And they made even fewer. They made even fewer. And more expensive. Uh, its latest electric supercar, the C2, this is C-T-W-O, was priced at approximately $2 million and will roll off the production line next year. No, it won't roll off. It will be gently lifted off by the 25 people who are making it. Wearing white gloves. Wearing white gloves. We're a much smaller company. Obviously, the electric cars are connecting us, but what he is doing and what we're trying to do is totally different. We're trying to do our part in the transition to a different kind of mobility, to a different kind of energy use, from fossil fuels to electric and helping other car companies go to electric. What I always find interesting about this is if you start to look into how electric is generated, that's problematic as well. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, yeah. in any case, so Tesla boosted production from 120,000 vehicles in 2017 to 350 last year. This guy, other guys made about 10 so far. I can't, I, I'm not buying him saying I'm doing this for humanity no, as it's not. one in two million dollars. It's, it's, he said, Endeavor. at the beginning, I think everybody thought I was crazy, like making an electric supercar. First of all, what is a supercar? 
Just to get you to point A. It's just... Point B. They're just putting the word super in front of things. It's just like when people put mega in front of things. This is a mega podcast now. Yeah. It's a super podcast. It's an uber podcast. Right? We're just saying these things. Um, Well, the question is here is what happens to the sports car companies. No, it's not. I can't think in my mind of a bigger waste (laughs) of Mm -hmm. technology Mm -hmm. and time than a sports car. It says, I think sports car companies will still be relevant for the next few years. As long as there are guys out there with small dicks who are balding, as long as there are aging mm-hmm. paunchy men, there will always be a market for mm-hmm. sports cars. But is that really where you want to put your your big brains? Mm-hmm. It's just so bizarre to me. All of this for the sedan. I thought we should, we they should be... Because think that cars get girls. We should be and moving so away inner, from this. The inner nerd inside them who never got a yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, who never not the gir- got the girl thinks it, that a million dollar car will do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And, and they can't get past this. You know, uh, uh, here's, a, here's a little um, secret. Mm-hmm. Women like uh, men who have a million dollar car because of the money. Yeah. The, you could have a million dollar... Anything, yeah, and we'd like it. Yeah, if you were like, "Oh, look, I got this million dollar table," I'd be like, "Oh my god, that's amazing! It's an amazing table. You innovated the table." Don't even see that you're failing on, you know, you're firing on no pistons. But this table, you have a million dollars to waste on a table. Guess what else you can waste a million dollars on? Me. Me, and I can if you transfer some of those yeah. millions to me. I can no do technology it. needed. Yeah, <laughs> no you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. You have to just allow me access to those. Yes, things, and that's it. That's it. If for that kind of woman, that's good enough. Yeah. You know? It's bizarre. Anyway, so that's the, the Musk news, that he is not the Elon Musk. Uh, this guy mm-hmm. is not interesting. I don't think he's a billionaire or a playboy. And I probably or can't a DJ. Even, he probably can't even spin a single record <laughs> the way that Elon Musk does. <laughs> so is he the Musk of Europe? No. No. Not the... <laughs> In fact, Elon Musk is the Musk of Europe. I, he has a South African passport. He has an American passport and a Canadian passport that we know about. Mm-hmm. I bet you he has an EU passport as well. Probably. So, again, Elon Musk is the Musk of Europe. Musk, take back the night. Yes. Take back Europe. Take back Europe for Musk. Musk for Europe. All right, what do you have? <laughs> We all have vices, don't yeah. we? Things, <laughs> things yeah. that, we, that are, are not considered good for us, but we enjoy Mine are uh, sci-fi TV original films. That's yeah. my vice. Okay. Things like Transmorphers, Mansquito. Yeah, but we're talking about vices that are really harmful to you. No, that's harmful. Yeah. <laughs> they're really bad Mansquito films. Mansquito is Mansquito is bad. Well, they're, they're talking about vices, and there are ten that are actually good for you. Is champagne one of them? I hope you. it is. So, it turns out, let's see. You know, everything is bad for you, right? Yeah, everything. Research is like a... This will kill you. Coffee will kill you. Then it's good or whatever. But now they're saying that some vices really are good for you. Okay. These so-called health offenders can actually strengthen your muscles. Health offenders. Up your gym performance and boost your immune system. Fight flab and even prevent chronic disease. Fight flab? Yes. The the fight. So these are... The war on flab people has already started. Yeah. Well, number one, sleeping in. Okay. Yes. Just, Just... 
you know, people who wake up to an alarm rather than according to their body's internal clock are three times more likely to be overweight. Most people don't have a choice, though. I know. Waking up before your body is ready messes with your circadian rhythms, leading you to feel perpetually jet-lagged and eat when your body isn't primed to absorb nutrients. So is my boss going to accept that and be like, yo, I know I'm supposed to be here right now, but my body wasn't ready. (laughs) Here's a printout of my circadian rhythms. They're all over the show. Yeah. And so I'm not going to absorb my nutrients properly because my rhythms yeah. are down. I mean, I know as uh, having been an educator for almost two decades now that early classes, not good for children. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why we bother. Those little bodies need to sleep in. Yeah, they do. They, like teenagers need 12 hours yes. of sleep. Yeah. They do. It's, it's and they, they can't get it with the schedule that we give mm-hmm. them. Yeah, it's that kind of thing where people have this ethic of like, just get up early and go all day long and get yeah. little sleep. It's like, I don't know what well, that is. Well, that, that ethic is from, you know, the, some white dude who has everybody doing other things for him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to cook for himself, clean for himself, get himself to work. When he gets to work, someone does stuff for him. When he gets home, things are done for him as well. And he thinks he's awesome because he yeah. gets up early and so exercises. that's where this comes. you got to get up early and work hard. It's like, yeah, you got to get up early and tell your secretary what to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nowadays that doesn't really pan out because e- even that white arch- that archetypal white guy has to get up early and do his own work. Yeah. So. Biting your nails. That's good. Biting your nails is good. Okay. Because uh, according to science, nail biting exposes according your body. To science. Um, the germs that live on your fingernails can potentially strengthen your immune system. Not the germs under my fingernails, people. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm, I don't I'm know. touching things in New York all day long. I don't want to really nibble on the A train. <laughs> Detritus. We're saying that it exposes your body to relatively small amounts of bacteria so that when your immune system meets them again, it already is equipped to annihilate them. What do you mean meets them again? So when I lick the A train for real, I'm ready? Yeah. <laughs> Pass. I know. Okay. <laughs> Drinking alcohol. Hey. Thank goodness. Da, 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 da. You know. Yeah. A healthy happy hour habit lowers your risk of heart disease and wards off Alzheimer's and other chronic illnesses, according to the CDC's research. Nice. How much can we throw back? Well, keep it to two drinks a day, though. That's not bad. Two stiff drinks a day. Any more than that, you can actually reverse reverse alcohols. So this is a a nice, a hikey pour. It's like a a five slash six ounce glass of wine. Right. Two of those. Right. Um, going on vacation, we all know that that's yeah. good for you. I don't know why that was considered a vice. It's like essential. So again, to, to the archetype that we that I brought up earlier. So we have three things: we have um, sleeping in, mm-hmm. having a drink, and then taking vacation. These are things that are actively discouraged in American culture, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Eating chocolate. I don't know if we have a problem with that, but we'll develop yeah. one. Um, the cacao, the flavonoids, uh, lower bro- blood... <laughs> the flavonoids? Yeah, flavonoids in the cacao. I like flavonoids. <laughs> That's going to be a new band name. Well, your other band name was the organoids. <laughs> so maybe organoid meets flavonoid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a lullapaloozanoid. Right. They lower blood pressure, slash stress hormones, and even fire up alertness and performance by increasing blood flow to the brain and heart. hmm uh, one I study that. found that participants who ate dark chocolate every day for 15 days cut their risk of yeah. insulin resistance by nearly half. So dark chocolate I knew about. Cacao. Yeah, so the so the bars with at least 70%. Yeah. And that's the stuff I like because, you know, I'm, I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah. 
So I don't, I'm not into the milk chocolate or the, you know, the really creamy chocolates, but I like dark chocolate and I have noticed the, the benefits of it. Like if you are low in energy or you're feeling you're hungry, you nibble a little bit of it and you're right as rain, as they say. Yeah. So look for 70%. Yeah. At least. This is the expensive chocolate that's behind the counter. Yeah. (laughs) Where you you can't just grab it. Yeah. Somebody has to pick it up. Yeah. Someone has to pick it out. You have to tell them what you want. Another thing, another vice, again, I don't know why, having lots of sex. Okay, why is that a vice? I guess if you're just, like, thoughtless and indiscriminate. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, just, like, when... You're people, not even thinking about, oh, fuck, I didn't know. Are you good? <laughs> I'm good. See you later. Yeah, when you just are, like, you really are only in it for The yourself. money? <laughs> <laughs> no, when you're, not, when you're inconsiderate towards your partner. Okay, so say. thoughtful coupling. Thoughtful sexual intercourse. Yeah. Um, if you need a reason to get it on, sex can improve your immunity. It can help you sleep better and let and look younger. Okay. Yeah. Probably because they knocked that ass out early. You got like a good eight, ten hours of yeah. sleep. Uh, proven ways to stay young forever. Neuropsychologist David Weeks kept tabs for ten years on thousands of men and women who look significantly significantly younger than their years. Mm-hmm. What they all have in common? Active sex lives. Does this include onanism? No, I would imagine, yeah, because yeah. it's at least two to three romps per week. Romps, okay. Yeah. So you could self romp. Yeah, sure. Apart from the aforementioned health boosters, sex keeps you looking young by triggering the release of human growth hormone, which mm-hmm. promotes skin elasticity mm-hmm. and prevents wrinkles. And probably brings on more sex. Yeah. Because you're looking good. So this is two to three times a week. Yeah. That's not it's a not lot. A, yeah. It's like the way hard. we were thinking about it was like thoughtless every time you yeah. turn around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? No, but anybody can do this. Yeah. Um, so two to three times a week, everyone get in the habit. Yeah, you should do it. And if it, And you don't need a partner. Yeah. Guzzling coffee. Okay. Guzzling. People who drink four cups of coffee each day are 10% less likely to get depressed because they're just running around. They don't even know what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) They don't have time. But coffee beans are ridiculously rich in antioxidants. Mm -hmm. I like to eat, I love espresso covered, uh, or so chocolate covered espresso beans. Oh, yeah. Those are so good, yeah. Um, If you don't have time, there's a great coffee delivery system. Okay. Just Good throw too. a couple of those in. You, I, I'm surprised. Katie is an expert on coffee de, coffee delivery. Oh, caffeine, caffeine delivery. Yeah. Yes, I'm trying all different options. Yeah. Today she has something in a can. Zest tea. Yeah, I'm trying it out. Yeah. It's okay. It's all right. When consumed in moderate doses, the profanol in, it has a major anti-inflammatory effect and is linked with reduced blood pressure. Mm-hmm. improved insulin response, mm-hmm. reduced risk of Alzheimer's, and even weight loss. So, so I see a lot of things as, like, anti-inflammatory. What's inflamed all the time? This, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, yeah. it's one of those, it's like every product you get is like, and it's an anti-inflammatory. It's okay. And so I think everything, like, <laughs> I'm not a scientist Nor or a I. doctor. Or, but I play one on TV. Yeah. But it's kind of like what... How the energy flows through your body, mm-hmm. those pathways. Okay, they become inflamed. Yes. Yeah, I think in the next the next time and we do a, a science segment, we should bring our lab coats, put those on, correct. and that will help us. Yes, I think so. <laughs> I'm just curious because you know you see all of these benefits, and it's like, all right, that's what we should do. Yeah. We'll do homework. We'll report we'll on anti-inflammatory. Yeah, what's inflamed is what's what we're inflamed. asking. If you know what's inflamed, email us at hey you know at gmail.com. Yeah. Okay, and the last thing is getting a massage. Again, these Duh, are all like... Yes. 
And I wish massage were more available to more people. Yeah. It's not cheap to get. And there's a good reason for that. It's because somebody is delivering the mm-hmm. service for you. It's very difficult for them. Uh, it's one of the, and I'm not big on like subsidizing mm-hmm. things outside of the healthcare system, but I feel like the people who are massage therapists, we need to subsidize them. Yeah, yeah. So they, they are free to massage people at whatever level those people can afford. It's really important for everyone to get massage. Yeah. Yeah, it you know? really is. Especially uh, if you are doing physical, and then often the people who are doing physical labor are the very same people that don't have the time or the money to invest in massage. They need it mm-hmm. more than anybody. You're working in a factory. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing food service, you're a hairdresser, you're doing something physical. Mm-hmm. You know, you're standing on that. You need massage. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, yeah, it definitely helps suppress um, the immune system. Um, sp- no, not suppress. It does. <laughs> They're killing me with the Swedish. No, no, it it, it helps with your, boost your immune system. Is it anti-inflammatory? Yes, anti-inflammatory, yes. Yes. So these rub downs, um, <laughs> they really reduced it. A rub down. That sounds like something you get in gym. It helps. It helps like reduce the um, the probability of chronic diseases. And it puts the flames out in your body. Yeah. <laughs> this fire is raging. Yeah. So basically, they're saying sleep, mm-hmm. have sex, mm-hmm. drink, take vacation, get a rub down, bite a nail, bite a nail. Yeah. Not bad. Have some coffee and chocolate. Have some coffee and chocolate. These are all things that I'm pretty sure, as Americans, we're told not to do. Because right? these are listed as vices. We're yeah. actually... This is just normal. Like, these are things that you should be doing. Yeah. Right? These are virtues. Yes. Not vices. I like it. So I have a little something here. Uh, in, in this new world that we're living in, uh, a lot of things are up in the air. There's a lot of questions. There's uh, a lot of information out there that is false. And I wanted to look into what is pseudoscience because I what feel like there's a lot of pseudoscience out there. So in order to do that, I did some little research. So apparently science is, is from the Latin scientia, which means knowing. It's a systematic, syst- uh, systematic system. I, I like that. It's those. a system of inquiry designed to you know maximize knowledge, um, to maximize insight and minimize error, right? So you're trying to do things methodically. You're trying not to be deceived by what you see and try not to be deceived by illusions. And it's it's supported with rules and, you know, scientific methodology and all that. You're trying to find out something works or not, Mm -hmm. rather than just uh, empirical, which we always describe as, like, what a white dude saw Mm -hmm. one time. Um, So there are different approaches, apparently, to science, uh, there's empirical science. That's the one what a white guy saw one mm-hmm. time and wrote down. And then, it's, and then that's it's it. It's brilliant. It's yeah. brilliant. Theoretical science, which looks at, um, which tries to explain hypotheses that are developed uh, and verified through experiments, like mm-hmm. lab experimentation or field research. And then applied science, where you take what you know and you put it into something. And then there's something called pseudoscience, mm-hmm. which is what I find that there's a lot of that out there nowadays. Um so pseudoscience is any belief or practice mistakenly regarded as scientific. It may also include the unwitting or intentional dismissal of actual science. Mm-hmm. Um, or putting, um, yeah, for example, you have people out there who are skeptical of things like climate change. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they don't see it. Yeah. So this was the example that we had years ago. I think it was either a senator or a congressman. And it was a man brought like a, a snowball in. 
and was like, how can you say there's global warming? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I've got like this snowball, snowball. and I can see it. Right. Right. There's your empirical stuff. And and that and then it becomes like a pseudoscience because he's a you know, people position us as a skeptics. Yeah. So they're skeptical of something instead of going out and doing their own research, they just put some information out there in a scientific way, like and using scientific language, and then you have pseudoscience. Um so there the methods for uh so that's the pseudoscience. Then there's also something called new science. What is new science? Oh, please enlighten us. This is because it's the reason why I look into these things uh, along with like conspiracy theories is because you need to know what people are thinking mm-hmm. about who have different mindsets than you. Mm-hmm. I find it helpful, like the flat earth people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so new science was a term that came up in the 1980s. It denotes legitimate science research into fields traditionally deemed off limits, such as archaic beliefs Oh, no. So, sorry, deemed off limits because of beliefs or political or economic pressures or fear or irrational or obsessive, obsessive skepticism. So, this so is example. everything that's been thrown out. Um, new science could be applied to the paranormal. Okay. So, when we do, like, our Tales from Dirt Campfire and we talk about, like, the EVPs mm-hmm. and people researching Bigfoot, yeah. things like that, that's new science. So they're using... They're taking They're taking things. old, like, uh, the ideas of old science, I guess, or, and applying them to... Things that traditionally did not have, have a not scientific... Yeah. But also yeah. Uh, things like um, acupuncture. Mm-hmm. So people are... That's a kind of new science. Like, looking at it, acupuncture is new science mm-hmm. as well. Because they're trying to figure out how something like this works. But science hasn't been able to, like, explain it. So there are two points to the new science. One is anomalistics, Mm -hmm. uh, which examines anomalies um, that looks at things that can't or shouldn't happen but happen anyway, like acupuncture. Okay. And then the other one is noetics. It's the study of consciousness um, as an irreducible foundation of reality that may interact with matter and energy, but is not necessarily dependent on them. Mm-hmm. So, like, being able to move things with your thoughts. Guess what? Acupuncture reduces inflammation. <laughs> it's anti-inflammatory. <laughs> okay, yeah. But how does it do it? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. We would look at it with new science. Anyway, so I just thought that was interesting. I was looking out to find out what pseudoscience was, and then... You know, taking it further to this thing that came up in the 80s. We were around the 80s. I never heard of new science. No. I never heard of it either. But yeah. but there it is. It's out there. So if you hear these terms, now you know what they are. Okay. You know what people, when you're talking about new scientists, this is the guy that just throws on a lab coat. It was just like, and says, now I'm a scientist. And, so, and seriously, I'm an investigator. Yes, and it I'm investigating. No nope. training in the scientific method. Well, that's all a part of it, right? Do, do that. Does that guy need training? If he's white, no. Who are you to say, yeah. <laughs> old science, that my new science is not as legitimate as right. what you're doing? I mean, really, at some point, your old science was considered to be quackery. Yeah. Perhaps thousands of years from now, my new science, my new science will be the old science. God. Yeah, something to think about. In any case, what do you have? 
Hey, you know it is a free podcast, free of charge, F-O-C. Free as a bird, free, free falling even. Well, it's free for listeners. We put a lot of hard work into this. Editing and online hosting is frankly thirsty work. It gets pretty dry in this studio. And you know we love a taste of white wine. If you like our style, consider buying a gala drink. We've added a PayPal donation button to heyyouknowit.com so you can show us some love with a one-time or recurring donation to cover a little something from the vine. For $5, you'll be hooking us up with a happy hour glass of tasteful white wine, a four-ounce pour. For a 10-spot, we can split a bottle of wine from the bodega across the street. For $15, we can kick it with a jug because who are we kidding? For $25, you'll be making our dreams come true with a box of tasteful white wine concealed with a Mylar skin. Mmm, box of wine. Okay. Have you heard about the Jesus sneaker? Oh, Lord. Yeah. This is a company called Mischief. Should it not be a sandal? No, it's an actual sneaker. Okay. And a company... Is it made of Jesus? It's... This is what this is what happened. Stay with me on this one. Trying. A company in Brooklyn who does like I'm unsure they're called Mischief. Okay. And they do a variety of things that are kind of like they think they're real clever. Yeah, okay. like what they did they they put a um they have a Netflix app that makes it look like you're watching a webinar at work, so, but you can re- you're really watching Netflix, and it looks like you're watching a webinar. How? They have, like, this thing around it. You know, so it's, this is the kind of thing that they do. Okay. They design things like this. Okay. They made a YouTube channel with... Tons of free time. With a guy just eating food, different food. Like, he takes a bite of a food. Oh, but he's not, he's not doing, like, an Andrew Zimmer or whatever that guy is. He's not yeah. talking about it. He's no. not giving an Andrew. An, uh, just watch him eat, like, a teaspoon of mayonnaise. Watch him eat, a pe- like, a bite of pizza. Whatever it is. So this is the kind of stuff that they do. Anyway, Are they artists? No. Okay. But it's some kind of, like, upset kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway. They think it's upsetting the balance. Yeah. So they took a Nike sneaker. Okay. And they got some water (laughs) from the River Jordan and had it blessed by a priest, and they injected it into the soul of that, you know, how they have liquid in the souls. I was not aware of this. There's some that have, like, air pockets or gel or something. But they injected this holy water now into the soul, and then they put a... (laughs) On the tongue, they have a red dot, which stands for the blood of Christ, and they have this, um, this steel cross now. That is at the vamp with the, uh, the laces. <laughs> what? And they call it a Jesus sneaker. Are people buying it? Because you can walk on water like Jesus oh, did. Oh, okay. These I help, these got they've got to be. This group has to be a performance art collection. Yeah. So they basically were saying that it was they're making fun of the whole collab culture where all designers yes. are collaborating with that. So they're like taking Nike and Jesus. So it's a Nike X Jesus. Collab on a sneaker. I like it. And if it. Jesus would do this. If Jesus were to rock a sneaker yeah. of his own design, uh, yes. this is what it would be. He would pick Nike and they, he would put the, you can walk on water like Jesus did. All right, so that's funny and it's clever. Yeah. And it's, it's the whole thing and they have a lot of. It's an art one-off, yeah. But they are charging $3,000 for these sneakers and they sold out within yes. minutes. Yes. I was going to say, if they actually... So one of my things with this kind of art, performance art, mm-hmm. and um, it's really like an economic performance art piece. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, if they sell it, I'm into it. Okay. 
Well, here's more. Let's think about this now. Now, I looked into it a little bit more, Mm -hmm. and Nike has nothing to do with this. Of course not. They are, this company is buying the sneakers, and they're selling them every second, on the second and the fourth Thursday of every month. And they have them running in 2020. So that means they're buying up all these sneakers, and they're augmenting them. That is awesome. And selling them at this price. Now, Nike says they have nothing to do with it. Do they? I wonder, because... (laughs) They would be foolish not to. This is against the law. You cannot take somebody else's product and then augment it and then resell it at a retail level. Why? It's against the law. That's somebody else's licensed product. Yeah, but you've... I think this... This is... If it's an art piece... But it's not. How can you say it's not? You can't do that. You can't sell it like that. So if I take, for example... um, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing that that's the law, but what I'm pushing back on is like, so say I, I take something like um, a Coca-Cola can mm-hmm. and I change it mm-hmm. and make it into a piece of art mm-hmm. and then sell it. That's the same thing as what they're doing, right? No. It's found objet or whatever. Oh, found objet. That's that's a different thing. You can do that and make mm-hmm. it a part of an art installation. But this is wearable art. But these guys are doing it strictly as a retail. It's a retail okay. thing. And so they're they're changing. They don't have a licensing agreement to work with this product with Nike unless they do and it's secret. Mm-hmm. Or unless Nike sees that this is not, well, I mean, why would they care? Because it's it's publicity for them. But it's also testing out a market in a way without Nike getting involved with oh, right. it. Seeing like, wow, someone will pay $3,000 right. For a pair of our shoes that have so, been augmented by an artist. So, yes, they're doing it this way. And so it's either like kind of a scam that way. If Nike does not say anything mm-hmm. and lets them to continue this, that means they have some kind of back mm-hmm. deal. Or they haven't gotten to it yet. They haven't gotten around to the suit. Yeah. But this is a thing where anybody takes anybody else's product and alters it and resells it. You can't do that without the consent of that company yeah. or else you can be you will be sued. It's illegal. So what this means, if Nike does not say anything, mm-hmm. then we can say this is all just like a big scam. Or? Or that um, they were in it on the, on, on the onset. And if they don't, if they're, if they're like, oh, yeah, this is a great thing. Let us see what, what happens. This is opening up the door mm-hmm. for anybody to go ahead and take anybody's product, yeah. augment it, and resell, sure. sell it on a retail level, which is a nightmare. Yeah. So you can take clothing and then sure. you can start sewing patches but on. But I think that has already been happening in, the, in an urban context. I feel like we it's upcycling, right? In a way. Um, you, can, you can take used product and sure. and redo That's what it I mean. That's, that's the but upcycling. That's, so that's thing, not it. No, so this is real. If somebody wears the shoe and then upcycles it, that's a different and thing. And sells it. That's bad. that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, like a used like taking taking a used product now, how and how used does it have to be? Because you already bought it. Yeah. But like how, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah, how yeah. used, so like I buy a lot of used designer clothing. Mm-hmm. It's not been augmented, mm-hmm. but it's just being resold. Yeah. That's okay. Um, but you're not opening up a retail store and no, selling. No, I mean, it's an interesting, it's an interesting proposition because I, I wonder if 
younger people are so we we are I'm I'm less invested in this than you are for because I don't care about copyright mm-hmm. stuff. I think that once you put something out there, good luck to you. And it's also Nike. But I wonder if younger people don't see that as an incursion the way that we do. I know. Because our parents would have been even more upset about this. Yes, yes. We are like kind of like, we, yeah, we understand that it's not the law, but maybe they're making, but younger generations are making a space for, I will take your product and do whatever I want with it. Yeah. But, and sell it. And sell it at this sure. level. If somebody will buy it. So that means that these people, mm-hmm. this is like another business. Yes. You don't have to go through the manufacturing. Nope. You don't have to go through the design of the basic product. You nope. can just come by and put three but elements But it can on only it. be done, though, with major companies. Mm-hmm. So I think there's no, my, I would be concerned about it because it, it's Nike, so I don't care. But I would be concerned about it if it was like a small designer mm-hmm working on something and coming up with something new and then having somebody take it and augment it. But I don't think that would happen because they're trading upon the the Nike mm-hmm. factor of it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't work with, like, some yeah. fish heads. Well, yeah, so... Or does it? Or do you, if you take Keds... Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it back to the 80s. If you take some Keds and puffy paint them... Yeah. Or bedazzle them mm-hmm. and sell them on, mm-hmm. is that okay? No. But that's always happened. Unless Keds has an agreement with you and you have... But I mean, like, for a small... Agreement. Like, when I was a kid, do you remember going to, like, craft fairs and things mm-hmm. and seeing, like, puffy painted and bedazzled stuff? So that's... That's okay at a craft fair. You yeah. can do that because you already bought it and people are just, like, individual... They're personalizing it for themselves. They're not taking it en masse, buying unused and reselling at a retail level and saying, hey, this is my... My new line that's coming out. I guess we'll have to see what happens with this. Yeah, I just, everybody keep your eye on this. Because yeah. this is a whole new thing that can be a huge disruptor and can really ruin a lot of businesses. Yeah. I don't care. Again, Nike, yeah. I could care less. I, I would. But who says it's going to stop? That's what I mean. My only concern would be if it trickles down to like, um, to smaller designers. Yeah. Because there, there are cases, unfortunately, of places like H&M is the one that always comes up, that they would, like, see there was a young woman who'd made a series of pins, mm-hmm. and they saw her pins, and then they copied those pins yeah. and sold them. Right. Um, and got away with it. Yeah. And that has <laughs> been happening. That happens on all levels, but that's so those are not the, This is the reverse, though. Yeah. This is a, this is, so that's a large company stealing from mm-hmm. a small company. This is a small company... Stealing from a large, a company. large company, but does, it doesn't mean that it's going to be contained this way. Yeah, this no. is opening the door for anybody to do it to anybody. But I mean, I'm hoping that in the future, and this is where the the, the technology is like going to make things interesting. I should be able to print my own Nike. Why is somebody in a sweatshop making it still mm-hmm. today? <laughs> like, why can't I just buy the the material, mm-hmm. buy the pattern, the license for it? Print it myself. Mm-hmm. Why does somebody, you know, a child have to be crawling in between, <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean, crawling around the factory floor for yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Well, these are all They're questions now. So, th- are you serious? Three thousand dollars? Yeah. And people bought them. Yeah. Why? I mean, that's the is that and, not and that, the larger question? Well, a lot of the people who bought them are sneakerheads, and mm-hmm. those are people who collect sneakers that are very uh, unique and into like a very limited edition run. This is what a lot of 
footwear companies make these like capsule collections mm-hmm. or these very limited runs of sneakers and they charge yeah, a higher I price. Yeah, I wear sneakers. It's like collectors. You yeah. know, people that- Except that you're not collecting anything that is unique or has any yeah. real value. That's, I mean, because yeah. when you're talking about something like, so like I, I get it. I have some designer clothing, very few pieces. Mm-hmm. But I'm under no illusion that there's anything special yeah. to that clothing. Sometimes the material is nicer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cut is nicer. Yeah. But let's be honest. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the logo. Mm-hmm. You know, like in the case of like a lot of bags, it's not even leather. It mm-hmm. just looks cool. And it's a status symbol. Um, but it, something that like a tennis shoe is not a luxury item. Mm-hmm. And it's not made out of high quality material. Right. So... If there are people out there foolish enough to pay $3,000 for it, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to rob someone of the opportunity to get that money mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's ridiculous. Yeah. It would be different if it was something that is like, you know, that you need. Mm-hmm. I would be worried about it. But if somebody wants to pay $3,000 for a sneaker that is supposedly injected with holy water, although I'm sure they got that shit out the tap. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, are they showing you that it's? Uh, they had a whole story of somebody who knows the person who lives there that got the water blessed and sent it back and the whole thing. And it's like, if they have it measured in cc's. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They injected it. Let's, I mean, if you. It's not that hard to get holy water. No, you could just go to any priest. Yeah. Or you could just dip into a church and just scoop some out. Yeah. They Book have, it. No, they, it's have, in there, they right? have dispensers now. So huh? you, yeah, in the church. It's not just. What? It's is that not in the bowl anymore. Well, there is a bowl, but there's also a dispenser. So if you want to take some holy water, you can just fill it up. Yeah. How bring much your is contain- it? Nothing. You bring your container. And how how many people are doing this? Anybody. Yeah, I bet you there's at least one idiot over there with a water bottle. Like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was. I'm just. I'm parched. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, that's fascinating. Yeah. This is how out of it I am. I'm like capsule collection. I know yeah. what a sneaker is. That's as far as I go. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Sneakers for me. I mean, you have some very saucy sneakers on today. Yeah, They're right. quite exciting for you. For me. And for me, too. But that's as far as I go. Hmm. Is there something on it? No, I didn't. Re- I never noticed this little logo on the you side. You haven't even looked at your own sneaker. <laughs> nice. So you play bass keys, drums, guitar, sing lead or rap, horns too. Looking for a place to go, Saturday night, 8 p.m. to 12. Funkadelic Studios, y'all. Fully equipped rehearsal studio. It's got everything you need to jam. What you waiting on? 209 West 40th Street. Come one, come all, and you can bring your bandmate, lover, or friend. Yeah, come prepare to jam. All right, I have um, some robot news here. Okay. All right, for about the coming robo-pocalypse. So this is robot snakes. Oh, God. Could slither inside your brain to treat blood clots. I say not today, sir. Not today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't think that would be humorous. <laughs> that was. I you never know how it's going to land. Uh, mechanical engineers have developed a snake-like robot to navigate narrow pathways in the body, Mm-mm. particularly blood vessels in the brain. So when they say snakes, they mean a teeny, teeny, tiny worm. Like, a, I mean, it's not, if it's going to be inside the blood vessels, 
yeah. of your, how big is it going to be? This yeah. thing is like a hair, oh, the God. size of a hair. <laughs> I'm sure they lose it all the time. Yeah. Saw a scientist at MIT. Hope. I'm sure they lose it. Got snakes yes, in the brain. Snakes in the brain. Oh, I'm sick of these MFing snakes. Yes, I there's MFing snakes brain. on my MFing brain. Get Alexa to say that. Well, that'll be, the, that'll be the next show, um, yeah. the next movie. Snakes on a brain. Snakes on a brain. Um, Can't let that go by. <laughs> MIT hopes the invention, and I don't like to see hope used in this context. Mm. You need to know, scientists at MIT, what you're doing yeah. with the snake on the brain. Yeah. Uh, they hope the invention can be used to break up blood clots or treat strokes and aneurysms. A similar treatment called a mechanical thrombectomy has been used for years in which a metal wire is manually guided through the blood vessels, starting all the way in an artery in the upper thigh. What no. the, Sam? No, thank you. Wow. Why? That sounds like excessive. Whose idea was that? There's got to be a better way. There has to be a better way than to start with some uh, some dude's thigh with a metal wire, hoping to get to his brain. Um, it requires a surgeon with specialized training. I should I hope, hope so. Yeah, no like, kidding. <laughs> and involves using x-rays, which could expose patients to tissue-damaging radiation. MIT's robot detailed this week in Science Robotics Journal uh, moves instead with a magnet. I'm imagining, like, just like one of those sewing magnets that goes with the machine, just guiding yeah. that along. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! The robot thread is made out of malleable nickel-titanium alloy covered in paste. Wait for it. And filled with tiny magnetic beads and then coated in a smooth polymer. Oh. To reduce friction in the artery. The team successfully tested it on scaled-up models of the brain. So they're using a gigantic brain that they've made. To do it, I'm like, no, like, you need works. to, you, you need do to it. do it on a, something that's smaller than a human brain. So yeah, you know. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that's yeah. where you need to be going with it. Eventually, they hope to saddle the bots with drugs or lasers. I know we both did a head tilt on yeah. that one. Drugs or lasers to deliver treatments to fragile, hard to reach places. Uh, All the nooks and crannies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what the brain is known for. It's nooks and crannies. Yeah. You want to be able to get into those. With some yeah, magnets. With a magnet. And a wire. And doesn't, won't that affect the brain in other ways? Are we not supposed to be... I mean, I know x-rays are bad, but I feel like exposing the brain to like a lot of heavy magnets is also not a good thing either. Again, yeah. not a scientist. It kind of also reminds me of like how you used to put a car, like a coat hanger in a car oh. to unlock the door. It what are they going to get? I also think of like, having to re-thread like, swimming trunks. You know yeah. when the little tie comes out? Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, it says, so the goals are lofty. They want to be able to acute, to acute, to uh, treat strokes. Okay. Because you have about 90 minutes before the, you know, the survival rates start to plummet. And they're trying to design a device to reverse blood vessel blockage within this, what they call the golden hour. We could potentially avoid permanent brain damage, brain damage. That's our hope. Drain damage. Yeah. What? That's our hope. It's creepy to me. I, I, I like, so it's a great idea, but again, I know this is all going to just get into the hands of the military and they're going to be like, you know, sniff this. And then before you know it, there's snakes on the brain. Yeah. And you got the snakes running around there. Yeah. You're, you're with a magnet trying to get it out. I feel like oh, I saw God. this in the Matrix. Right? Yeah. And if you yeah. walk by something that's mag- that has a heavy magnet, mm-hmm. suddenly... You're stuck to it. Yeah. I'm just imagining walking down the street, a chunk, 
I'm stuck at Macy's. Or it makes the snake move around oh, to no. some other part it's not supposed to be oh, at. Oh, no. You got you got something hanging out of your nose there. What is that? Oh, it's a snake. <laughs> oh, it came out of my brain. <laughs> came out of my brain. Just try to stick that back. It is dropping all over the place. Uh. It just freaks me out. Yeah. All right. What do you have? Uh, let's see. Road rage is on the rise. Again? A, we do not drive. Yeah. But it is. Um, but it's happening, and now they're just, instead of trying to diminish it, they're like, here's how to survive. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Statistically, um, 51%. Work on that, Elon Musk, and Musk of Europe. Yeah. I mean, people are getting shot. They're getting. Huh? This is stuff that's foreign to me because, again, we don't drive that much. And when I do drive, it's pretty low pressure. Yeah. You know? No, it's the thing here. These are just a quick summary of some of the stories. All right. So a, a woman teaching her son to drive was shot in a road rage incident. Teaching? For, after a minor crash, like she's teaching her son. A little crash, and they shot. Why? It wasn't the crash bad enough? Right. And then in Atlanta... A man ran over another man he thought was throwing golf balls at his car. It's not. How wasn't. do you think that that's happening and you're not sure? Yeah. Another woman tried to shoot another vehicle but shot her husband instead in um, another road rage. And so, girl, like, stop lying. Just, you just try to shoot your husband. Are you kidding me? He, a woman was trying to shoot. What was she trying to shoot, supposedly? Yeah. Another car and accidentally shot her husband sitting next to her? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's not road rage. It's rage. Yeah, there's another road rage incident where um, somebody shot at a car, but it the with the driver fired the gun, it ignited the fireworks inside. So there was an issue with that. There, I'm sorry, there were fireworks inside the car. Yeah, like you know, they got fireworks, and it's like a family, and they have the fireworks in there, and someone shot at them, and it ignited the fireworks. Well, it's not funny, but it kind of is I, Warner Brothers. Call. Like it's like how on earth would like <laughs> what are the imagine odds? Imagine you're driving next to that car, and all of a sudden you're like. The hell? Yeah. Cinco de Mayo? Yeah, right? Chinese New Year. So all these road rage incidents are being tracked. And um, so they did a survey, and it's reported 51 of respondents tailgate on purpose. That's 104 million American drivers who ride another car's bumper on purpose. I hate when people ride up my ass. It's uh, so annoying. 47% pulled, dr- yell at other drivers. Mm-hmm. It's 95 million people yelling. Okay, but I mean, in the car, I yell at people in the car, but I don't yell at them. I just yell. Uh, 45% of drivers honk in annoyance or anger. Okay. So I, I think that's, that's a 91. lie. I think it's like 100% of yeah. people honk in annoyance. Uh, 33% or 67 million people uh, gesture obscenely. We've seen that too. <laughs> um, uh, 49 million of us, 24%, try to block another vehicle from changing lanes. Mm hmm. 12% of those actually cut off another driver on purpose. <laughs> Why? 4% of us will get out of our cars to confront another driver. And then 3% of us are guilty of ramming another car on purpose. How many people have pulled out a piece and started waving that? Is that on there? No. But this How? is just like all these typical things. But it's just like putting it and translating that into the millions. Like this is happening. There's so much road rage. I'm um, glad I don't drive. Yeah. So there's a lot of... Um, one study analyzed the characteristics of angry drivers and found they're more likely to react or get angry, um, possibly due to work or home stress. I mean, they tend to speed tailgate, switch lanes quickly, or have more accidents. So if you're having these problems at home, 
Don't get in the car. A loss of a job, relationship issues, money problems, general anger management, uh, drug use causing poor decision making. Yeah, yeah. You know, that of kind course, of thing. yeah. So that all this stuff is is happening. Sleep deprivation. Um. You know, all these things putting to like, there's so much rage on the streets. This makes me feel better about, because as much as I d- detest, I like mass transit. I'm not a big fan of the MTA, because mm-hmm. they do it poorly. But I would rather deal with that, mm-hmm. that all the issues of mass transit, than this. Yeah. Than that there's somebody, you know, going to shoot at me, because I didn't move lanes fast enough. Yeah. Maybe we need to have a part of the road for people who are just chilling out. Mm-hmm. And, and just driving safely. And these other people can get into the, you know, the road rage lanes and they can just duke it out. I don't have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> so preventing road rage, the best way to survive is to keep it from happening in the first place. So mm-hmm. it starts with you. Reduce your own stress. Yes, it starts with you. Sorry. Yeah, look at your stress yeah. and try to, you know, don't try to rush. You know, pick out your clothes the night before. Get your lunches ready. You know, do things that will save the stress in the morning so you're not stressed walking for out sure. the door like that. So look at your own things that trigger your stress. Look at the man in the in the rearview mirror. <laughs> Be a courteous driver. Um, while driving, people will often behave in ways they would never consider in person. So just no, I clear. disagree with that. You are, most people who drive like assholes are assholes. Mm. You know, just try to like just be more courteous. Um, it's tempting to to um, don't attempt to take the right of way from another driver. Instead, let it be given to you by other drivers. Mm-hmm. Don't just cut Receive, somebody off. Receive, do not take yeah. the right of way. And don't drive distracted, even in bumper-to-bumper traffic. It's temp- And then it's also tempting to eat and put on makeup and interact with your phone when you're not moving. But those behaviors in themselves, yeah. while they may not cause serious accidents, they do cause fender benders, and now everybody's angry and late for work. So it's not like... So you're just tying up everybody. Just don't be tempted to do these things. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at Stitcher.com and at HeyYouKnowIt.com. Thanks.